Well, good morning, church. Um, my name is Chinwe Omani Venable. I'm a worship pastor at Living Hope, and I am so honored to be with you today. I'm so honored that Pastor Mickey and Chris have thought of me. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I have been at um, Living Hope for over 15 years, actually going on 17 years now. Um, and I've served as a worship pastor for about 10 years and um, it's been quite the journey. Um, I'm normally, you know, the person you see Sunday morning leading worship on Sunday. So preaching is not my number one thing. But I am just going to be here to share the word of the Lord with you. And we're just going to have a conversation, okay? And um, I'm pretty excited to be here. And I'm so honored. So thank you again, Pastor Mickey, Pastor Krista. I love you guys so much. Thank you. Um, with that said, um, I just, I, I didn't, honestly, I didn't even have, like, a title for this message um, because what I kind of want to talk about is such a vast, vast and like really wide uh, subject, but I'm just going to be focusing on a couple things that I felt like the Lord has really sort of been speaking to me over the last few months and even recently. So just bear with me as I start to um, just talk about this. And I'm just going to talk to you about an aspect of worship. And um, I know, like I said, it's a very common topic. You know, we're always so very focused on the posture of it, what it looks like even in our church. You know, like Sunday mornings, like, and I'm guilty of this, okay? Not saying it's a horrible thing, but as a worship leader, you're up there and you're like, come on, lift your hands, open up your mouth, come on, declare the praise of the Lord. You know, we're, we're so like, we're always talking about like the posture of it, you know, but I think what we don't always hear about is the other side of it, which happens when you walk out of the door, out of the four walls of the church, what does like worship truly mean and look like on that end? And so that's kind of along the lines of what I'm going to talk about today. And I just hope that this will bring some insight to your life and to your walk with Christ and that it frees you in some way and that it releases a, a breakthrough for you um, in your life. Amen. Um, so I just want to um, share just, you know, this idea of uh, worship is not just, of course, and I know you hear this as well. It's not just about singing the three songs on Sunday, right? It's not the, the, the one fast and too slow, <laughs> right? It's not, it's not just that, but it's actually a response. It's actually the way we live our lives. It's actually the day-to-day choices that we make. Amen. And I wanted to say today to you that, you know, when we are called to worship, we're not just called to, to worship, we're actually called to love. And a call to worship is a call to love the Lord. And so I'm going to share a couple of scriptures with you. Um, I'm going to share um, from Deuteronomy and um, Deuteronomy 11 and 13. It just says here. And it shall be that if you earnestly obey my commandments, which I command you today to love the Lord your God and serve him with all your heart, with all your soul, then I will give you the rain for your land in its season. And it's just a simple, you know, scripture, but it's a very, it's a, it's a great one. Okay. And it's a command from the Lord. And this was the command that, you know, God had given to tell Moses to give the Israelites when he had delivered them out of Egypt. And when, even when God 
uh, uh, delivered, when he spoke his declaration to deliver the people from Egypt, he said, I want to deliver them and bring them here so that they would worship me. So they would, I, they would, my people would worship me. And so this commandment he's giving, he's saying, he's calling them to love the Lord. And in turn, our response that we have to the love of God Our response to that is our love towards him, and that's our worship. And so I just kind of wanted to share a little bit on that, to say that our worship unto God has to come from a place of love and obedience. We cannot really truly worship if we don't love, right? We can't worship, we don't adore what we don't love. You know, when you say when you're in a relationship with someone, you know, like, I love my husband. I've as a matter of fact, we just celebrated our 21st anniversary. This is our anniversary weekend, y'all. We still celebrate it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I remember when um, my husband and I were dating. Um, we were friends first for a while, and then we started dating. And, you know, when I fell in love with him, there was something in me that was so ready to give him my all. I remember our first, like, big thing was... Um, shortly after we, I think the same year actually that we, we started dating, I took him to Disneyland. My husband was almost 20 years old at that point and had never been to Disneyland. Okay. Isn't that crazy? He had never been to Disneyland and I was like, I'm taking my boo. Okay. To Disneyland. And I paid for the tickets. I made sure, you know, that he would have time off from work. So I gave him plenty of time. I told him, don't worry about food. Don't worry about, um, uh, you know, lodging. We had some friends that were going with us at the time. It was like, uh, three other, um, girls and their uh, boyfriends at the time. And we split. So all the girls were going to stay in one room. Don't be getting no ideas. I know what y'all was thinking. And all the, the, the girls were going to be in their room, but we were going to all enjoy Disneyland together. And I remember taking my husband and I was so excited. I was so excited when, you know, it was a surprise for him. I didn't tell him to the day that we were getting, we were headed to the airport and we were getting on the plane and man, it was such a good deal too. That was when Southwest had $25 round trip. Oh man, I miss those days. But, um, and I remember, you know, paying for his whole way and just so excited to see his face to I just watched with delight when we got on the plane. He was in total shock. (laughs) But when you love somebody, no one has to tell you to tell them you love them. No one has to tell you to put your arms around them and hug them. No one has to tell you, like, to, to, to give them a kiss or whatever it is. Like, when you love someone, that expression naturally flows from that place of love, right? So in turn, the same thing, when we worship God, our worship should be an expression. It should be our response to the love of God for us. And why do I say that? Because God loved us first. We love him because he first loved us. The word tells us that with his loving kindness, he has drawn us. He has loved us with an everlasting love. So in turn, we can just meditate on that love and worship him from that place. But there's something powerful, and that's what I'm going to get into later, is that there's something so powerful when you worship God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. That is something that is released into the atmosphere. There's something that is is um, just broken into your life 
from the heavens. And so we're going to get into that as we go along, but I just wanted to kind of give you a little bit of that context from worship being flowing out of a place of love, right? So, um, I shared again, I'm going to share another scripture with you. And that this comes from Matthew. This is the same thing basically that Moses had spoken to the Israelites. Now Jesus is saying this in Matthew and he's reiterating the same thing. He basically says, you shall love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. And then he goes on to say, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So, you know, when you think about it, I know we hear about it so much and we say, okay, but how, how do we love the Lord, our God? How do we, how do we, you know, put our minds and our hearts into that place where it is fully fully engaged with what the Lord is doing and what his voice is saying and all of that. How do we tune our voice, uh, tune our ears into the voice of the Lord? And I think one of the, the practical ways is to really check our hearts on a daily basis. And, um, for me personally, this was something like the Lord had really started working on me in the area of my life. Um, I, you know, I, I will give you my age right now because I, I believe that is, is, it is so like important in, into what I'm saying as far as how long it took me to learn this lesson. I've been married now 20 something. Okay. 21 years. And my husband and I got married in our early twenties. So you can guess how old I am. Okay. And, um, <laughs> I'm telling my age. Um, but I, as I look back through the years of everything that I went through, all the struggles, the ups and downs, and I said to myself, man, this is one area that I didn't realize that I hadn't fully surrendered to God. And um, when we talk about giving your heart, mind, and soul, that also has to do with your mind, your will, and your emotions. It has to do with the ways we think, our understanding of God, and the ways we think about him, and the, and the ways that we think about our lives in relation to him. You know what I mean? Um, and so what does this look like on a day-to-day basis on a practical level is your heart and mind and soul completely surrendered to God can you submit your mind your way of thinking your logic what makes sense to you can you submit that to the lordship of Jesus and can you worship in and through that when the times are crucial when the times are not the most optimal when it's a pandemic hello when it's 2020 trust me none of us expected 2020 to be to turn out the way but can we worship god um through this with our whole heart and i want to kind of just share a brief testimony of what the lord kind of like spoke to me in a situation that came up for me about a year ago uh, a little over a year ago. So um, last year in about, I think it was March, um, my I was actually going out, I think, to drop off, pick up my kids from school. That's what it was. I was picking up my kids from school. And um, I usually have, I, well, I have three kids in three different schools. I'm like the taxi driver, okay? So I'm just like driving all over the place. So I think I had gone and picked up my youngest. Then I was headed to go pick up my oldest. And as I was at the stoplight, someone from behind rammed into me full on. Like I was at the stoplight and they didn't see, <laughs> I guess, my rear end, my stop, you know, my, my rear end um, lights, my brake lights. And so they rammed into me, basically totaled my car. Now, here was the thing. This was my first accident ever. But also, 
I was so devastated because my husband had just bought this car, okay? Like nine months ago, he used it to drive Uber and Lyft and all that stuff. So this was sort of also like our supplemental income, you know? So I'm just like, you gotta be kidding me. And mind you, a year before that, we had totaled another car, but that's a different story. Anyway, so I'm like, at this point, I'm like, Lord, what is going on? Like, this is our bread and butter. Like, why is this happening now? And, you know, all this stuff. But I was grateful my kids weren't hurt. We all walked away with just a little whiplash. We had to go to ER. We were fine. And, but I remember after I left that day and I went home and I had to kind of talk it over with my husband and we were talking through the whole insurance thing and all that stuff. A couple days went by and I felt like the spirit of the Lord was saying to me, don't do anything. Cause see in the past, the moment I was in an accident, the moment I, anything happened with our car or whatever, my instant was like, okay, we got to fix the problem. And I went into fix it mode. It was, it made sense. It's logical, right? It's like, it makes sense to me. Cause I'm like, we need a car, you know, we're a family of five. We're a large family and we live an hour away from church. You know, my husband worked, but he worked like I think 40, 30 minutes away from his job. And so like, we need to get around and I'm usually the taxi driver. My kids can't walk to school. They don't have walking distance schools right now from where we live. So we were like, we need a car. But I heard the Lord say, just wait. And I was sort of like, is this you Jesus or like, is this this just me? But I recognize my pattern. See, after a certain while, when you and the Lord talk, you, you recognize your patterns. You recognize the way God talks to you. And you start to recognize how, you know, when he's, sh- when he's sharing something really important. So you incline your ear in that moment. So I said, okay. He says, wait. And um, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to talk to my husband. I tell my husband, I said, babe, I think the Lord wants us to wait. I think, you know, we've in the past, we've always just acted on our own sort of logical thinking we've acted as you know what we felt was needed and it's like this is what we do like anybody would think that you know those who don't even know jesus if they out there if they get in the accident guess what in the next week they either rent a new car or buy a new one like that's what people do you get the resources and you go replace what it is that needs to be fixed right so anyway we go and um, my husband says okay we'll pray we'll just wait on the lord a few days after that i want to say like a week I have this dream and in the dream I'm in this room and this man is uh, right by me. But the crazy thing is he was so tall. I didn't even, I think I saw him like from the chest down, like I couldn't see his face. Um, and he says, follow me. And in the dream, it's weird. I'm actually following him, but I'm not afraid because I, I, I normally don't follow strangers. I just want y'all to know. But um, in the dream, I felt so like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go follow him. I, let's see what he's got to say. So I walk out the door. And when we walk out the door, I walk out into this, what looks like this covered patio, but it's, it's outside, but it's covered. And in front of me are two brand spanking new candy apple red pickup trucks with big red bows on them. And I was just like, wow. And personally, I'm not a pickup truck person. So I was just like, but those are cute. You know, anything new and shiny is cute, you know? And I was like, ooh, these are so cute. Whose are those? You know, whose are those? (laughs) And I hear the man said, and with a firmness and a seriousness in his voice, he said, that one is yours. And I looked, I was like, me? And as I turned to my left, I saw all these people clapping and, and, and cheering. 
And then the man said, thank you for your service and walked out. And I woke up and I was like, okay, this is a crazy dream. But for some reason, I felt the Lord was in this. And so I woke up, I told my husband the dream. I said, babe, this is crazy, but I feel like this is confirming what I felt the spirit telling me a few days about waiting. See, I had started getting to the point where I was feeling a little bit discouraged because I was like, Lord, this is the second car in like 18 months. This is something we need. Every time I feel like I'm going two steps forward, I take five back. Like what's going on? And the Lord says, wait, don't worry. I got you. Just keep doing what you're doing. And in the dream, I thought it was interesting that the man said, thank you for your service. You know, it's kind of what you hear when we have servicemen that have come back from, you know, serving in the army or wherever. And we say, thank you for your service, you know. And I remember thinking, I'm like, but I'm not in no army, but I'm in the army of the Lord. So maybe, you know, but he says, he says, thank you for your service. And I remember thinking, and I remember that scripture that says, do not grow weary in doing well. For in due time, you shall reap a harvest, you know, and I just, that scripture came to mind as I started reading, I mean, recalling the dream to my husband. And I said, babe, I think the Lord is saying, wait, that he wants to bless us. Let's not make a move on this car just yet. My husband's like, okay, we're going to stick with it. We're going to, we're going to go forth and just see what God does. I said, okay. So the month later after that, I now, I'm coming back from somewhere. My friend had taken me out. I'm on the BART train, and I had to take the Uber from the station to my house. So I get in the car in the Uber, and it's a man that I've, you know, I, I, I've never met. Most of the time, we've never met our Uber drivers. But um, he starts to share his story, and I find out that he's Christian. So, of course, right away, we connect. We're talking about stuff. And then he mentions, you know, like how he's been able to kind of have ministry through his, his, his career as an Uber driver and how it has blessed him and all this stuff. And I just kind of was like, yeah, my husband used to drive Uber and Lyft and now we don't have a car, so he can't do it anymore. I feel bad, you know? And he was like, oh man, that's, I'm so sorry. I'll pray for you. You know how we always say, I'll pray for you. But I believe the Lord put that man there to confirm again, because a month, about a block or so away from my house, he says to me, he says this, he says, you know, I just hear the Holy Spirit saying to you, that right now he's saying that he is going to give you a car. And I said, really? Now in my head, I was already kind of connected to that and I, in agreement. My spirit was already in agreement because remember, God had given me a dream. I wasn't fully believing for two red pickup trucks, but you know, God, he, he sometimes reveals in part, right? And as time goes, you get more and more revelation. But in that moment, I was just like, okay, whatever the Lord's will is, I'm like, I'm here for it. I think his name was Brian. So I was like, you better pray for me, Brian. I walked out the car. He said, no, I will. He said, I believe the Holy Spirit is saying someone is going to give you a car and they're going to just leave the keys, give you the the pink slip. Like there's not going to be any strings attached. And I was like, Oh, thank you, Jesus. Do it, Lord. Okay. You know, and I, you know, I I went on and in my heart, I started smiling. I said, God just confirmed his word. God just confirmed his word. So I said, okay. So I went to my husband. I told him what had happened. He was like, no way. I was like, yes way. Like, this is crazy. God is going to do something. So at this point, it's April. We still have no car. I'm still borrowing mom's car. I'm still renting from Hertz. Okay. Spending all kinds of money that I didn't really have. It was so expensive to rent, really. Y'all, if that ever happens to you, just don't rent. Because we had run through the rental of the insurance company, but they only gave us a rental for like 30 days. So after that, we were stuck with no car. And so I had to rent, continual rent. And it, it just, yeah. So anyway, long story short, a few months later, I think in June, 
we get a random call and a friend from a friend that we knew, but you know, doesn't really call us like that. And so it was just like, okay, this is so strange, but okay. You know, next thing we know, she said that she sent us a picture of two cars and she was like, one of them is yours. I was like, huh? It wasn't a red pickup truck, but it was a car. And when I came home that weekend, there was a black uh, uh, Passat sitting in front of my, my house with the keys under the mat. And the Lord, in that moment, I recognized that the Lord was like, here you go, daughter. This is for remaining faithful and obeying my voice and giving me your yes. Because you in the past have always been able to just go get you another car. But for some reason, you submitted your logical thinking, you submitted your heart, you submitted your mind to my voice. Guys, there is something so powerful about giving God your yes. Giving God your obedience. That is something that he treasures more than anything. If you want breakthrough in your life, come on somebody, you better obey the voice of God because he treasures that more than your sacrifice, more than your ministry. He treasures your obedience to him. And so that was just an example of how God started to speak to me. And I started to realize like, oh my gosh, how did it take me this long to recognize that I wasn't fully submitting my heart to him in this way? This was my act of worship to him. In this way where I said, God, come and take over this part of my life. Yeah, I know that there's some things I could do in my strength, but I don't want to do it in my strength right now. I need you. And I want you to do what you know only you can do. Because I needed a breakthrough in that moment. I knew that I was at my end. Okay, we had already done so much. And I tell you, the car we had just lost, we were still paying for it. Still paying for a car that we didn't have, you know. And that was just one of the stories. But I want to tell you what that whole season, I feel like it just released such a plethora of blessing and breakthrough in my life, both in my relationship and my physical body. I had been through so many health issues the last few years before that, but God was just starting to restore and do so many things. And I recognized that in that moment, God was saying, if you would just remain faithful, if you would just give me your heart, if you would walk with me and incline your ear to my voice, you will see more than what you see. You will see the over and above. You will see the abundance. And I'm here to encourage you today that if you allow yourself to worship God with the fullness of everything that is in your heart and your mind and your soul, that God is going to break through on your behalf, that you're going to see the above and beyond. You're going to see the abundance and you will thrive even in what looks like an unthriving situation. You can still thrive even in what looks like a, a, a famine. Even in what looks like a drought or a wilderness, God is able to make a table for you anywhere. Do you hear me? God is able to make a table for you in the wilderness. He, he, can, he can meet you there. He's able to make a way where there seems to be no way. And so I just want to encourage you today. Like there's so much power in that side of our worship to God. Amen. 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 So I want to share this, this scripture with you here um, from Acts 16. And this is basically where the main chunk of my, my, my message is coming from uh, this morning. It's from Acts 16, and it says, um, on verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying 
and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. And then verse 26 said, suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, do, no self, do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? I love this scripture so much because I think this right here is the epitome of what the power of worship does. And I tell you, like, I know just even in where I'm at right now, if I were to be thrown in jail, let me tell you the first thing I'm be thinking about. I'm be thinking about, okay, who coming to bail me out? How long, you know, I'm going to need to get a lawyer. Oh, my kids, my life is ruined. You know, I, those are the things I'll probably be thinking about. I mean, I'll probably be praying and asking Jesus too to come help me. But for some reason, like, I just think it was so powerful that in the midst of their tough time, they decided I'm going to lift my voice and sing praises unto God. And I'm going to sing hymns and pray through this. And I think it's so important for us to remember that what we express in worship from a truth and sinful, uh, from a truthful and sincere heart, that worship bears fruit. That worship breaks through so much. And here it says that everyone who was listening So not just Paul and Silas were broken free, but everyone who was listening to them, they weren't saved, but they were in the vicinity and they were listening to what Paul and Silas were praying out and declaring out and singing. And it says they were loosed. I thought that was so powerful. So here are a few things that happens when you release your worship. When you express your worship, it opens up the resources of heaven. How do I know that? Because the Bible also tells us that God can shut the heavens. Anything that he can shut, he can open, right? It says in Deuteronomy eleven seventeen, lest the Lord's anger be aroused against you and he shut up the heavens so that there be no rain and the land yield no produce. Okay, he shut it up. But also in Malachi, he says, Try me now in this, says the Lord. And I know this is a very uh, popular scripture. It says, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that you will have no room to receive it. So you releasing your express worship unto God, you releasing it from your heart, mind and soul unto God. It opens up the heavens. Now you have access. You have access to what you didn't think you ever had access to. You have access to it through the expressions of your mouth and through the expressions of your life unto God. The next thing it does, and it's super obvious here, (laughs) it releases freedom. Hello. Like, I just think that was the most beautiful thing that all these, you know, uh, prisoners in there with Paul and Silas, they probably, some of them probably doing a life sentence, you know, you just, and to be part, to see a piece of that, 
freedom come for them just through someone releasing their worship into that. Like that is so powerful to me. So what we go through guys, the, 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 the deliverances, the freedom, the breakthroughs is not just for us. It's for others. It's to be shared with others. And I love how God's kingdom principles work. You know how, when he releases onto one, because he's such a fair and just God, when he releases onto one, he gives that option to everyone else. There's no favorites. You know, he's not playing favorites. Anyone who wants it can have it. And so I just want to declare to you today, freedom is yours through the release of worship in your heart, mind, spirit, in your mouth. You have freedom at your fingertips because it is yours when you release that onto God. The next thing I want to say is that when we worship, we also incline our father's ear. It says that he inhabits the praises of his people, but it also says that he, that when we call onto him, when we call onto him and we pray to him, that he will hear us, that he will hear our hearts cry. Sometimes God just wants to hear your hearts cry. He just wants you to just come and, and tell him and, and declare what's in your heart to him. You don't have to come with any heavy pretenses, no agenda. I had one of those moments this week. I'm not going to even lie. Cause like I was, you know, preparing for the message. I'm like, Lord, I need a word, you know? And I'm just like, Oh, I'm in my quiet time. And I'm like, okay, Lord, speak to me. And I'm journaling and I'm playing my worship music. And I recognized in that moment, I said, here I go again with my agenda. And I just heard the Holy Spirit say, put that down. And I put my, my journal down and I just sat there and I'd closed my eyes and I just lifted my hands and I said, you Lord, forgive me. Like I'm always up in here with a plan. I'm like, okay, so we're going to do this. And then I'm going to pray and then you're going to do this. And I said, but I just want to love on you today. And I remember feeling just this wave of God's love just hit me in that room And all of a sudden I started to weep. It wasn't like a sad weeping, but it was just like this overwhelming just sense of God's love. And I was just like, God, I don't want anything else right now. I put aside my agenda. I put aside my little list. You don't got to tell me nothing. I said, because if I can be in this place for the rest of my life, that's okay. If I can feel this love that I'm experiencing Everything that I do from this moment, from this place of what I'm feeling and sensing in the spirit is going to flow from that. I'm going to be able to flow, to live my life from that place of love. And I just remember coming out of there and it wasn't no extended one hour quiet time. You know, sometimes we put these little boxes in our, on ourselves in time. God is not constrained by your time. Okay. He's not constrained by my time. He's not constrained by your time. He's like, you're the one tripping. Like you can come anytime, but you know, sometimes we just have these agendas again. And I had to remind myself, lay it down and allow God to just love on you and allow yourself to just be his daughter and lay at his feet and let his love surround you. And it broke me free, even emotionally. Any anxiety I was feeling was lifted. And I just flowed from there. So God's ears are inclined to us when we are able to worship him in that place from the spirit of truth, from that place of our heart, mind, soul. The other thing that it does is that it multiplies. When you worship God, when you allow your all to be given, he takes what's available in your hand and he multiplies it. He multiplies it and he provides. I love that example when Jesus 
feeds the 5,000. What does he do? He asks the, the, the apostles to feed, you know, the people. And they're like, but Lord, we don't got much. All this here is this boy's little, you know, we got five loaves of bread and two fishes. How are we going to feed all these people? Like, this is a lot, you know. And Jesus takes it. He doesn't, you know, argue with them. He just takes it. He offers it to the Lord. He worships God. He blesses it. And then he gives it out. And as he tells them to disperse it, it multiplies and people are fed. And there was leftovers. Talk about the above and beyond. There was leftovers, okay? And they were able to feed everyone and provide for everyone that was there. When you have something in your hand that God has given you, just lift it up in offering of worship to him. Thank him for it. Bless him for it. And he's going to multiply what's in your hand. You know, I've been in, in times in my life where I've been like, Lord, I haven't even put out a full album. You know, I haven't even done this, that, and the other. I don't have that. I don't have this resource. I don't have this person to play for me because I'm a worship leader that doesn't play an instrument. So I was having lots of insecurities about this, you know, and, um, the Lord spoke to me. He says, what do you have? And I was just like, oh, well, I have my voice, you know, could do that. And the Lord was like, use that. Why are you sitting here worried about what you don't have? Take what you have and offer it up. Offer it up as worship unto the Lord. That's all he wants. He'll do the rest. Just come for that place and say, Lord, this is all I have. And I want to give it all to you. And that's what I started to do. And I started to see him multiply and to spread it so that that gifting could touch hearts in other places that I couldn't imagine could touch, you know? And so I want to encourage you today that whatever it is you have in your hand right now, God can multiply it. If you release that onto him, recognize that it's not for you. Recognize it's for the blessing of others and for yourself, but for others, God will multiply Amen. He's going to take what you have and turn it into something amazing. Steward it. And lastly, what that power of worship does is it offers the opportunity for salvation. Later in that story, in Acts 16, it actually says that once he asked them, like, how can I be saved? Now, Paul and Silas were able to minister to him and speak the word of the Lord to him and say, if you believe in Christ Jesus, you can be saved. You and your entire family. See, again, he says, you and your entire family. He offers it up for everyone. And so he gives him the, the word, and he, they, they, they go and they baptize the whole family. They baptize the guard, and he's saved now. He's loving Jesus, and they're able to move on. And to me, that is just such a beautiful experience. There is someone who is feeling hopeless, who is feeling like they don't know when they're going to see their breakthrough. But... Maybe you are that person that they need to see receive their breakthrough so that they can have the courage to hold on and reach for theirs. And so I just want to encourage you guys today, like, you know, whatever it is that you're struggling with, whatever it is that's holding you back, just come to the Lord with your yes. Ultimately, that's the first step It's saying, God, you know what? I don't really know what's going on. I just don't feel it right now. And here's the thing. When we come and worship, there are times we literally don't feel like it. I've been there. But, you know, I think 
the sincerity part of it is when you can come before the Lord and even trust him to understand and know when you are feeling that way and that he can change that. Even in his presence, you coming into his presence, God can transform that. When you're in the presence of God, you really don't leave the same because his very presence is transforming and can change you. And so I just want to encourage you guys to continue to worship God with your whole heart. If you want to see breakthrough in your life, if you want to see breakthrough in your ministry, breakthrough in your marriage or relationships, breakthrough in your career, or even in your spiritual walk, don't give up. Continue to be steadfast, unmovable, unshakable, always abounding, always thriving. Don't feel, you know, I had gone through this season recently where I, um, you know, felt like, I think I was sharing earlier with Pastor Mickey how I got into Maverick City. And um, recently in June, we were um, at this one, this uh, protest march called the One Race March for Atlanta. And they had invited Maverick City to come out and lead worship. And I tell you, it was such a beautiful time. But I think what was so amazing was to see the power of, of worship at work, being able to see thousands of people from every denomination, churches all across Atlanta. I believe they said there were about 10,000 people at that march that day and over 100 churches represented from people of color to our white, you know, preachers. Everybody was out there. And when we were leading worship and Maverick City was leading worship, it was just such a beautiful sight to look out into the sea of the crowds and to see all these hands lifted and all of them there for one thing, all of them there to decry racism and to, you know, stand up for their fellow brothers and sisters of color, you know, and it was just such a powerful thing. And I know there were so many other things going on that I wasn't able to witness, but even just being a part of that and seeing the power of God. God just break out in that place. It was so amazing. I'm like, wow, wow. All this happened because we just released our worship unto the Lord. And you know, I heard after actually recently, I heard someone from another church had a friend who went to that March and who went with, I guess, a couple of their friends and their friends were what you would call a cessationist. They don't believe like in uh, the works of the Holy Spirit. But they went there, and I believe at the end, one of the guys fell under the power of the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. Okay? Like, this is happening, people. This is happening. Under the power of God, from everything that was released in the atmosphere that day, that they came and didn't even believe in. They came and not even believing that. And they left changed by the very Spirit of God invigorated. I just want to say to you that you too can change. You too can be changed. You too can be transformed. Whatever it is that you're dealing with, if you're dealing with depression, so many people I know have been dealing with depression and anxiety. Release the fruit of your lips in worship. Release it in your life. Allow yourself to give God your yes. God just wants your yes. Obey his voice And he's going to release breakthrough. He will release peace upon you. For those of you that have things that you've been holding on to, waiting for the Lord to do something, release it to God. Release it. If it's a business plan, if it's a a, a, a specific gift for worship or 
any kind of ministry, anything that you feel like the Lord has given you, but you've kind of been holding on to it. And you're just like, God, I don't know. This doesn't, it doesn't feel like the time or it doesn't feel like I have the right resources. God is saying everything that you have is in me. I am your enough. And so whatever you have, give it back to me just with that heart of surrender. And I will do the rest. It's just a choice, a day-by-day decision. Our worship unto God is expressed also in our day-to-day choices that we make, our day-to-day decisions that we make. You don't have to worry as long as you take that first step. I want to share that God is more uh, powerful. God is more powerful in his capability to lead you where you need to be more than more than you are able to follow him. You, you understand what I'm saying? Like his power, his capability to lead us is greater than our capability to follow him. And so I just want to encourage you that if you would just release what you have unto the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, God will get you to the place that you need to be. I remember feeling like I could not thrive as a being older now, feeling like maybe there's certain things in my life I won't be able to do, even though I felt like, you know, God promised these things to me. And God is looking at me like, Chinway, are you crazy? Like, what does my word say? And I remember reading this one time and it totally set me free. I think it was in Psalm 92 where he says, even in old age, not saying that I'm old. Okay. I'm just trying to give you some context here. Um, (laughs) That even in old age, you will bear fruit and you will thrive. People, we can thrive no matter where we are. And actually, that's where you see the power of God even more manifest. Because in our weaknesses, in our shortcomings, God's strength is just made so much more known, right? That we can thrive. So whatever you have, I don't know who I'm speaking to today. If you've been thinking like, oh, I can't do this anymore. My time has passed. That's not God. You can still thrive. God is not finished with you yet. He is not completed yet. Everything. He is faithful to complete it. He's still working on you. He's still working on me. And he wants to see you be everything that he has called you to be. And I want to encourage you to continue to be steadfast, unmovable, unshakable, always abounding in the, in the work of the Lord. Take everything that you have and surrender it. The Lord can prepare a table for you anywhere. Yes, even in a pandemic, yes, even in social unrest, God can still give you peace. God can still, it may not look the way that it should look to you, right? This is why he says, lean not to your own understanding. The word says, lean not to your own understanding because we know our ways are not always God's ways, right? But that's why we need to submit and love him with our whole heart, our whole mind, our soul, so that it is now all encompassed with his love, with his way, with his words. And when we live from that place, you will walk in continued breakthrough of your, over your life. I want to say, you know, God can make possible what looks impossible in the moment of worship. I have one last story I wanted to share with you before I end. This was years ago. My daughter, okay, I had a preemie daughter. She was about seven months at the time, baby. And I remember she was teething as well. And something had happened. 
and we didn't see it, but she had gone into a seizure and my husband was holding her, didn't even know at the point that she had had a seizure. I was coming to give her Tylenol for the teeth and I noticed her eyes were rolled up in her head. You could just see whites and her lips were blue, feet were blue. She wasn't breathing. She was pretty much going. And I was just like, I saw it. I was like, babe, she's not breathing. Give me my baby. And I grabbed the baby. And let me tell you, see, when you get preemies, when you have preemies at the hospital, they go through a whole training thing with the parents before you leave that hospital. My daughter was in the hospital in the NICU for two months. And before you leave, they give you like training, even baby CPR, because they say there's a chance they might have this and you want to be prepared. But let me tell you, in that moment, I was so like my heart, my, my heart was racing and I literally blanked out. I couldn't remember nothing about no baby CPR, but you know what I remembered? I remember the name of Jesus and I remember holding my limp baby in my arm and saying, Jesus, Jesus, please just breathe life into her. Please just breathe life into her. I said it like two or three times. She was gone. She was like, you know, like when someone is dead and they're just kind of like, you know, my daughter was in my arms that way. And I just remember calling on the name of Jesus and I was weeping. And I think like at the second or third time, she coughed and started crying. Instantly. God breathed his own life into her. I knew it was him. Because by the time the paramedics got there, they're like, oh, because when my, husband, my, my brother-in-law called the paramedics, he had told them that she wasn't breathing. She was blue. And by the time they got there, all her color had come back. She was crying. And, of course, she had a fever, and they had to take her. She had had a febrile seizure. But I wanted to say that to encourage you that, you know, when we release our worship, when we release and call on the name of Jesus, like there's something so powerful and it, it doesn't have to be a long drawn out prayer. It could just be calling on the name of Jesus saying, Jesus, I don't know what to do. You can say that and you're worshiping. You know why? Because you were acknowledging him even in the moment where you're not sure about yourself. Even when you're not sure about your own strength, even when you're sh- not sure about what your capabilities are, but you know what his capabilities are. And so he will break through on your behalf. Submit a yielded heart, a yielded mind, and a yielded soul. Incline your ear to his voice. Allow yourself to be enveloped by his love regardless. Respond to it, respond to the love. That response to God's love is your worship. God will work for you good and favor in all things if you trust him. God will make a way in the wilderness for you. God will allow rivers to flow in the desert places. Some of you feel like you're in a desert place right now. God says out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. You will thrive You will be like the tree planted by the riverside whose leaves do not wither and whose uh, branches will bear fruit in season. You can bear fruit even in this time where it seems so unsure, where it seems like nothing is normal anymore. How do you thrive in something like this? How do we thrive in a place like this? But God says, with me, you can thrive. With me, with my word, my voice, my presence with you, you can thrive. With me, all things are possible. And aside from him, we can't do anything in our own strength. 
And so I just want to encourage you today. For those of you that are struggling, for those of you that have felt like you can't take another step, you're tired, you're weary. God wants you to know today that he's here to lift the burdens. He's here to carry your burdens for you. He's here to give you an easy yoke. The one you've been carrying is not the one that he's designated for you to carry. And so I'm just going to pray really quickly. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you for each and every person listening to the sound of my voice. Even in this moment, Father, I pray that you would touch their hearts, touch their minds, renew their hearts, God. The psalmist says, search me, O God. And know my heart. Father, if there are areas in our hearts where we have not completely surrendered to you, Lord, we pray that you would reveal it to us. That we may submit it to you in everything that we do, Lord. That our worship will be sweet unto you because it comes from a place of sincerity and truth, God. Of utter surrender, Lord. And I pray, God, that as people begin to release their worship, Father, that you would begin to move on their behalf, God. That you would begin to heal their relationships, Father. That you would begin to restore their families, Lord. That you would begin to restore their hearts, Father. That those who are suffering, even with emotional things, Father, whether it be depression or anxiety, Father, that you would release your peace to them in this hour, God, that they would be set free from depression in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that even in the middle of the night that you would awaken them with your voice, that you would speak directly to them, that they would learn to incline their ear, to incline their ear to your voice. You say, my sheep know my voice and another's they will not follow. Father, I thank you in this season that you are still moving Even when we cannot see it, even though we cannot feel it, you are still moving on our behalf. And so, Father, I speak a blessing upon your people today. I pray that you would strengthen them in this time. Father, let them know that you are ever so close. The enemy would like to lie and say, you are far away from God. But God says, I am close. I am close. Just lift your eyes, lift your head up to me and see that I am close I am near. With loving kindness, I have drawn you. Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you for those that you are drawing even right now. I thank you for those who are waiting on their breakthrough. Father, I pray that you would turn it around for them, Lord. Late in the midnight hour, God is going to turn it around just like he did for Paul and Silas. How in the midnight hour, as they lifted their voices before you, God, you broke them free from chains, God. For those who have been bound, Father, I pray that you would break them free. Tear down the strongholds and the walls. Whatever blockages there are, tear them down, God. Open them up, oh God, to see your goodness. Declare, I declare that they will see your goodness. That your goodness and mercy shall follow them, will chase them down, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. I thank you, Lord, that the words of our mouth are powerful. That the words we speak, God, release miracles in the atmosphere. I thank you, Lord, that you are going to do wondrous things for those who trust and believe in this very moment. I thank you for the breakthrough. I thank you for the testimonies that will come forth over this house. I thank you, Lord. Father, you say you will rebuild. Some of you feel like you have lost everything that you have worked for. But God says, don't you fear. I am rebuilding 
and you will have a strong foundation. Do not fear. Do not fret. The Lord is with you. Amen. Amen. God bless you.